Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. I haven't had the privilege of meeting yet. My name is Madeline, and I'm on the teaching team here at Passion Church. And maybe one of the reasons we haven't met quite yet, or maybe you haven't seen me in a while, is because... Well, my husband gets here really early because he's on the tech team, so shout out to the tech team. They're such a blessing to this church. Uh, but we have two little girls, and well, they need their beauty sleep. So we come to the third service. Hallelujah for those multiple service options. Uh, but just to be really honest with you, we struggled to get here on time for that one, and that is at 11.15, in case you were wondering. Um, and so, uh, praise God that uh, I get to be in all three services and see some new faces and meet all of you. So, since we're also, since we're being honest this morning, I also thought I'd just go ahead and tell you why I'm repping this particular team and not uh, one that is in closer proximity to this land of animosity. And it is because uh, I just decided that the last thing I needed today was for someone to throw stones at me. So I thought I would rep the team of Mississippi State, which is the uh, place that I come from and was born and raised. But I do have a preferred team in Oklahoma. It's to be unnamed in this moment. Okay. So in this month, we've been in a series called Yellow Lights, and we've heard some amazing messages. Has anybody been grateful for some of these warnings that God has been giving us through Scripture? We've been seeing how God speaks, how God guides, how God protects us, because how many of you know He wants us to walk on the path that leads to life? Yes, are you grateful? A path that leads to both eternal life and abundant life here on this earth. I'm so grateful for a God that doesn't just sit back and say, figure it out, but he actually wants to guide us and keep us on that path. Like Psalm 23 says, your rod and your staff comfort me. If we were a sheep and he was literally our shepherd, you know what they use that rod for? Correction. That hurts. But correction can even be comfort when it comes from our maker, our God, the one who loves us, the one who died for us, right? So I'm thankful for that this morning. I believe he has more on this subject that he wants to say to us today. So we're going to go to his word together, and I encourage us to approach this book both humbly and with expectation that we are going to hear from him. You want to hear from the Lord this morning, hopefully? Okay, so um, Numbers chapter 22 is where we're going to be reading. If you want to go there, if not, it'll be on the screens, I believe. Numbers 22, starting in verse number 21. So Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the Moabite officials. But God was very angry when he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, he turned off the road into a field, wouldn't you? Balaam beat it to get it back on the road. That's rude. 
The angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path through the vineyards with walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat the donkey again. Wow. Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it lay down underneath Balaam and he was angry and beat it with his staff. Now I know no one in this room has ever exploded in anger before. Surely not. (laughs) Verse number 28. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth. And it said to Balaam, what have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? And Balaam answered the donkey. Do you see what's happening here? We have a human and a donkey having a conversation. Okay. You have made a fool of me. If only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. The donkey said to Balaam, am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this very day? Y'all, he's being sarcastic. I have been, have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. So he bowed down and fell face down. The angel of the Lord asked him, why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. God, open our eyes and help us to see you. Now, now we know that the writers and creators of Shrek were not the first ones to make a donkey talk. (laughs) But in all seriousness, I believe that one of the reasons this particular situation was pinned thousands of years ago was to show all the generations that followed, including us, that our God speaks in all kinds of ways and he will do all kinds of things to get our attention once again because he wants to protect us, because he loves us, because he's trying to keep us on a path that leads to life rather than a reckless path. Amen? Now, to give us some context before we learn a couple of things from Balaam's situation, the verses, if you read the verses that precede these, you will see a king named Balak. Can you say Balak? He ruled over the land of Moab, and he was not just afraid. What we say where I come from is he was shaken in his boots. (laughs) Why? Because the Israelites, God's chosen people, had God fighting for them and he realized we cannot go against we cannot go up against these people when they have God on their side now we may not have Moabites chasing us down trying to destroy us but we do have an enemy named Satan who comes to do three things kill still and destroy us and he will stop at nothing to see us completely and totally devoured In fact, the Bible says that we fight a battle that's not against flesh and blood, but is against rulers, powers, and authorities in the spirit realm. So, whether you want to acknowledge this truth or not, y'all, the spirit realm is real, and demons are active. But thankfully, we have good news today that we can stand on. Because Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17 says, No weapon forged against you will prosper. Another version says no weapon forged against you will succeed or will prevail for this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. It doesn't say that you won't have weapons coming at you. 
it says they won't succeed if you are one that belongs to the Lord. So back to the story. King Balak's strategy was to send messengers to this guy named Balaam. Can you say Balaam? They both start with the letter B. So sometimes we just got to say it out loud to let it sink in for a minute. He was known as someone who had access to God. And they asked Balaam to come, come with us. And we want to ask you something, Balaam. Would you curse the Israelites? Because we know that if you're cursed, you can't succeed. Now, Balaam knew enough about God to be convinced that God is worthy of submission. In other words, he's worthy of going to and asking for permission before choosing to do something, right? And so when he goes to God and brings the situation to him, the response he got was, no way, Jose. That's the Madeline version. But what God actually said was, do not go with them. You must not put a curse on these people because they are blessed. So he sent King Balak's messengers back home. But how many of you know that the enemy doesn't just tempt us one time? But he likes to come back over and over again. And usually the second instance, it gets sweeter and sweeter every time because he's strategic. But get this, as if God's command was not clear enough the first instance, when Balak sent officials back to Balaam and increased his stipend, y'all, he was being bribed for this. If you'll come curse them, I'll pay you and I'll pay you good. Balaam thought, well, let me ask God again. (laughs) This time, God's response was, since these men have come to summon you, go with them, but do only what I tell you. And that's when Balaam got on his donkey. So if, like me, you're wondering, why was God opposing Balaam if he was the one who gave Balaam permission in the first place? Well, I'd like to pose a suggestion or a question here that could it have been that it was because God, who according to 1 Samuel chapter, chapter 16, doesn't just see what's on the outside, but he looks at the heart. Maybe he saw that Balaam's actual motives, that his true intentions were not going to lead him down the path of life, but could actually cause harm to not only him, but to God's people. Because we know our decisions don't just affect us, right? They affect others. And Proverbs tells us that as a person thinks in their heart, so is he or she. So God not only cares about what we do on the outside, the behavior that other people see, he cares about what's on the inside of us because he sees that our ways are not just the paths that we walk. Our ways actually start up here and they include our thoughts. They include our desires. And whenever those become reckless, they become opposite of what God has said in his word then we put ourselves in danger we become vulnerable to the schemes and the traps of the enemy and we begin to put our children in a place of vulnerability and God says whoa 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 that's not okay with me so just like he interrupted Balaam praise God he sometimes interrupts us anybody thankful for that this morning God we thank you for your interruptions For as we read in verse 32, God spoke saying, I've come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. Let me remind us this morning that Isaiah 55 quotes God saying, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. 
and based off of scriptural evidence that we find over and over and over again, we can conclude this, that any time a person thinks their way is better than God's way, or let's make it personal. Anytime we think our way is better than God's way, y'all, we put ourselves in harm's way every single time. Even in the small things, the things we think, oh, that's not a big deal. It's time we listen to the Holy Spirit even when he whispers. Because God is worthy of our trust. He's worthy of our whole entire belief, our full confidence. And when we can't see or understand why, y'all, that's when faith comes into play. Because the Bible says we walk by faith and not by A lot of times we like to think that the opposite of faith is fear, but I don't think that's true. The opposite of faith is sight. So when we can't see, when we can't understand, why? God, what are you doing? Why are you telling me no? This looks good. That is is not a bad thing. That job gets a pay raise. Well, maybe it's because he sees and knows all the things. He sees into the future. He's got the full picture. He's the God who not only dwells within our time, but he dwells in eternity and he can see the whole scope of time. He's the author of time. So he's worthy of our trust. So I encourage us, I challenge us this morning to choose Y'all, it's not a feeling, it's a choice to choose to just put our confidence and our belief in him even when we can't see. Now, how do we do this? Well, there are a couple of lessons I think we can learn from Balaam's story and apply them to our personal journey with the Lord. Number one is this, rather than lashing out, look up. Because of the society that we live in, that have y'all noticed we're addicted to hustle? There are like these cute little signs you can put in your office that are like, hustle, girl, you got this. That's not biblical. You can't find that in the Bible anywhere. <laughs> we live in a society that literally cannot, cannot slow down. I mean, all we know is this constant state of hurry. And if you're like, well, that's not me. Um, Remember the last time you were in that left turning lane at that intersection on Council on 39th? And before you got your chance to go, the people in front of you decided that they were just not going to pay attention. And you didn't get to turn left. Remember how you felt? Because it what? Lost you a minute? Literally, I have cars that, I don't know if this happens to you, but cars that go flying by me, and then all of a sudden we end up at the same intersection parked side by side at the same red light, and I'm like, ha, 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 you got what you deserve, but for real, and, and if you, maybe that's not you, maybe you don't struggle with slowing down at yellow lights, but maybe um, you get behind someone who goes under the speed limit, next time I dare you to try staying behind them the whole way, I mean just Just go behind them the whole way. And don't ride their bumper. Give them plenty of space and pray for them and bless them the entire time. And see if you also are not addicted to this thing called hurry. It's a disease, y'all. Yes, God created the speed of light, but this is not how he works with humanity. 
He sees that we are fragile and our God does not always go at the speed of a microwave. He's more like a crock pot type of God. He sees that sometimes he needs to take his time with us. He also sees that sometimes he needs to get us to slow down. So maybe he puts something in your way. Do you lash out when something or somebody gets in your way? Remember I mentioned I have two little girls. One of them is a three-year-old. She thinks she owns our home. So I constantly have to tell her, you're the child, I'm the parent. Let's repeat that. You're the child, I'm the parent. Like literally, those are the conversations we have. And so she, every time it's time to go out the door, all of a sudden she needs to change her outfit, something, you know, sometimes God even uses our toddlers to get in our way. Sometimes God will even let you catch that cold because he saw it is time for you to slow down. I need to show you that your ways have you actually on a path that's reckless, a path that has you vulnerable, a path that's making you go a little bit off the path. And the more you stray before you realize it, it's like getting stuck in an ocean. You are now way farther than you realized. So we need to look up. Psalm 139, 23 is a great prayer to pray. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Sometimes when I, when I do stop and I think, well, maybe God is the one trying to slow me down and not just my outward circumstances that just happen to be making me I will sit and I will look up. And when I've done that, God shows me things like unforgiveness that I've been harboring in my heart. Side note, unforgiveness turns a man into a monster every time. Doesn't matter how kind you are. He shows me my pride, which according to Proverbs leads to a fall Every single time. And then he shows me my fear of man that weighs me down and holds me back and shows me my lack of fear in him that actually sets me free and enables me to walk in the way of abundant life. It's time we slowed down and we looked up and we say, God, show us, show us my ways. He's worthy of our trust. Let's start praying more than just before mealtime. Let's start praying more than just on Sunday mornings during worship. Let's make this a habit where we get alone and we look up. And we do like Psalm says, be still and know that he is God. How do you remember that he is God? You got to acknowledge. That means look up. But how do you do that? What are the first two words of that verse? Be still. Could God be the one trying to stop you? Look up. Look up. And number two, the final thing we can learn today from Balaam's situation is rather than bowing up, I challenge us to bow down. Sometimes I think we bow up to God and we don't even realize that we're doing it. Because maybe we're longing for something. We're craving something. We have our eyes set on something. 
Could it be that God is trying to keep you from pursuing that relationship because he sees that it actually will become a toxic one? Could it be that God's trying to stop you from going to that place because he knows that you do not have the strength to face that temptation today? Could it be that God is telling you no about that job that has a pay raise because he sees that that's actually not the solution to your lack of peace, but it's going to actually cause more harm in the long run? Sometimes we fight against the people that God puts in our lives who are actually the ones fighting for us because in our minds, they're in my way. Well, maybe God put them there. Our culture teaches us to cancel people. Cancel that person that threatens any source of your happiness. I mean, any ounce of it, you cancel them. Well, y'all, that's not in the Bible either. In fact, the only things we should be canceling are other people's sins. We don't cancel people. Do you cancel your own children when they get in your way? I hope not. (laughs) But nowhere in the Bible does it say that God wants us to be happy because he sees that temporary happiness can actually cost us our eternity. It can Happiness that's out, that is against what God has said and what God is speaking and has spoken can actually cost us our destiny, can rob us of his hope because he sees that sin, although it makes us temporarily happy, can actually cause death. For the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. So the best thing that Balaam did on that journey to meet King Balak that day was when he realized that his donkey was actually looking out for his good, and he realized that God was behind it, he chose to bow down. The Bible says he fell face down. He bowed low before the Lord. So what does this mean to bow? I'm not just talking about physically getting on your knees, which is a very good idea, because sometimes we have to bow here before we can bow in here. We think, oh, I don't feel like it, so I'll be ingen- I won't be genuine if I do it. Actually, the feelings come after most of the time. It's called dying to flesh. But to bow also means to submit to God. Every area of our life, every relationship that we have, every penny to our name that we do or don't have, we bow before the Lord, we submit it to him, we give it to him. And we make the decision like Balaam decided. Listen to this. He said, even if Balak gave me all the silver and gold in his palace, I could not do anything of my own accord, good or bad, to go beyond the command of the Lord. I must say only what the Lord says. Y'all, even Jesus, who while on the earth was fully man, but also fully God, he's quoted for saying this. The son can do only what he sees his father doing. And in John 12, he says, for I did not speak on my own. We're talking about the one who created the heavens and the earth by speaking. He said, I did not speak on my own, but the father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I just believe. I don't think I'm naive. I believe this, this is truth. 
And I believe that if every single day we submitted and we took a knee before the Lord and we just chose to do nothing more and nothing less than what he said. You know, sometimes the biggest ways we get ourselves in trouble is by saying yes to things that we didn't get God's permission for, even though they were ministry things. If we chose, I am going to do nothing more and nothing less, whether good or bad, than what God tells me to do, then y'all, we would see his kingdom come. We would see his will be done in our lives, in our homes, in our children, in our church, in our city, in this nation. We would see his kingdom come. We would see his will be done when we're in Walmart, when we're at the gas station, when we're at work. Why? Because we are submissive to the one who is almighty, to the one who knows, to the one who holds all power, and to the one who wants to work in and through us to do his will. The one who gives us power to be able to set people free the one who wants to use our mouths our testimony to be able to share the gospel and bring people out of darkness and into the kingdom of light but the only way we're going to have the power the ability the energy the knowledge anything we need the resources the money the time is to give it all to him and to say God I give you every hour I give you every minute I give you the moments I'm asleep and the moments I wake up I give you the things I hate and the things I love. I give you the people that get on my ever-living nerves and I give you the complete control of the relationships that I love and adore. If we chose to do that, y'all, we'd be all right. Not only, it's not just about us. The generations that aren't even here yet, we'd be paving the way and showing them that though the path may be narrow and it might be difficult, it is worth it and it is good because our God is good and he never fails. And like April said and sang this morning, his way is better. It's better. It's always better. It may not be easy, y'all, but it's better. Can you attest to that? And you can stand with me. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. So we actually have a little bit more time. Maybe this morning you realize that you've never looked up. You've never actually acknowledged Jesus as God. Maybe you've not bowed down to him as Lord and as Savior. I believe he wants you to hear just as Balak wanted the Israelites to be cursed Satan, yes, he wants you to remain under the curse of sin but Jesus came to the earth a couple thousand years ago to redeem us from that curse to buy us back and save us from the power of sin the power of death the power of the evil one Galatians 3 tells us that God redeemed us that we may be blessed through Christ Jesus. And Romans 10 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So maybe you believe this truth that Jesus is the Son of God. You believe this truth that he's come 
into the world to rescue, to save the world. And you want Him to save you. Now it's time to confess with your mouth, to profess this faith you have. Would you just raise your hand? God sees you. Would you just say this out loud? Maybe you've prayed this prayer before, but you wanna pray with us again. Just say, Lord Jesus, I believe you're God. I believe you came. I believe you died. And I believe you rose again. I want you to be Lord. Be Lord of my life. Be Lord of my time. Be Lord of my heart. Help me to trust you. Amen. For the next couple of minutes, I'll just ask the worship team to lead us in that part of that song that we sang already. But this time, can we ask God to speak to us? Can we look up? pray like Psalm 139 says show me God search me y'all there's nothing he's going to find there that's going to make him love you any less we don't need to be afraid of him search me God and know me point out any way in me an outward physical way or an inward way within my heart, within my mind. Show me my motives. God, show us. And if you recognize that there's any area, anything, any person in your life that you need to resubmit to the Lord, would you just take advantage of this time to bow down? And if you're willing and able to literally bow down, let's turn our chairs to an altar or feel free to come up and use this extra space to bow down and to give it back to the Lord so that we can get off this reckless path and we can head down the path that leads to life. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.